This episode of the Travel Freedom Podcast is sponsored by World Nomads Travel Insurance. This is the insurer we use personally and we recommend for all digital nomads, long-term travelers and backpackers. Yeah, so if you are based in any other country other than the US, sorry you're asked, you can get a 5% discount off your next policy by using our code WN. 5DP. If you are based in the USA, federal law sadly prohibits the use of discount codes on travel insurance products, but if you can, we'd still really appreciate you supporting the Travel Freedom Podcast by using our link, travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 048. Today we are talking to Amanda from Maroc Mama about how to leverage your blog into creating a successful tour business. She explains how from an initial investment of just $50, she now has a six-figure business. We're projecting to gross a little over $100,000 this year. From $50 going, (laughs) shit, what are we going to do? to $100,000, so impressive. Also, Amanda gives us her top tips for expanding your brand and gaining loyal followers. Be helpful, like when you're building this, especially if you don't have money for advertising or things like that, think about what you can do and what you can offer to other people. And when it comes time, they think, oh yeah, I remember reading all of this great information about Morocco on this site. And then they come back to you and say, oh yeah, didn't they have a food tour too? Yeah, I want to do that because their information was really great. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. Monday, 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 Monday. News. See, I did a link from the Monday thing into the news. Straight, into straight news. off. Yeah, no messing around. The Monday news. Yeah, it's the Monday news. Now, like back in episode 40, we were talking about an opportunity of working with us, with us as our mentoring you. Yeah, so mentorship program. We were looking at uh, finding a few people to do that and uh, helping you guys maybe build your own press trip or work on some other stuff relating to travel blogging that you thought might be useful. Yes. Thanks to everyone who replied. Big thank you to everyone who replied to us. We were really happy with the amount of listeners who like would see the value in learning something from our inside our little brains. Uh, Inside secrets. Yeah. But there was only one major stumbling block though. Everyone came through at a very different level. Yeah, from the people who are really just starting out and just maybe they've got really what is a personal blog and they're sort of just looking at turning it into something more sophisticated and more professional and, and looking at working with companies, all the way through to people who've actually worked with a load of companies already and were just looking for like the super advanced tips, the next level. So yeah, the spread was a little bit too wide for what we were thinking. We were hoping we'd have a, like a narrow band where we could teach everyone the same sort of stuff. I mean, we don't know. We might still... We're not throwing it out the window. We're not we, the just window. Wanna, we just need to rethink things to have an alternative proposal that, uh, you know... Yes, we have an alternative proposal. And that's what I'm going to suggest You're right now. Suggest, oh, oh, let's yeah, do it. We will, so we can see. We can see how this works out, what response we get with this. Maybe we'll go back to the mentorship idea if we get more responses on that as well. You know, feel free to still email us if you're interested in one-on-one mentorship. Go back and listen to episode 40 because we talked a lot about the sort of things we'd cover if we were doing that. Yeah. Anyway, what we're thinking now as an option, we're looking at sort of getting a small group of people together to be part of like a members group with like a monthly subscription sort of thing. The basic premise would be that we'd run live webinars about twice a month. You can tune in, ask questions at the time as we go through the information, you know, get specific help on specific topics. The topics we'd actually cover each session would be voted on by members in advance. So we'd actually find out from people who are in the community what things they wanted to know about. So we made sure we were actually providing content that members needed at that time. Well, hey. Yeah, you see, stuff people actually want to be taught. Exactly. So on top of that, we would also offer a step-by-step execution plan for certain types of tasks and strategies. Things like how we pitch tourist boards, building landing pages, which a lot of people ask me about. People don't know about landing pages that much. Uh, How to do split testing and also how to grow your Twitter following, which we talk a lot about Twitter and Pinterest. Yeah, and Pinterest. I mean, this is just a few ideas. We're throwing them out. There would actually be a lot more ideas. We'd think, you know, like every 
week or every two weeks we'd be adding a new plan if you're a, like a long-term member that means you'd keep getting new content so i'm sure some of you guys have joined membership areas before on sites if you have you know what we're talking about if you're not we are going to be providing more information about this in the future but essentially we're focusing on getting together a group of people who are all location independent focused people who've listened to our podcast joined our email list so that they know us and they know sort of the sort of value we can provide to you and would actually find it useful to have that sort of entry to our brains. Exactly. So there, it also would be a really good place for you guys to also all meet each other as well. And so you can, you know, help each other out, share each other's blog posts, yeah, you know, follow each other on different social medias and just have a bit of a sharing network between all of you guys. So you can also help each other out as you go. Yeah. Getting to know new people who have similar interests and alignment. And we're assuming most people listening to this show, they obviously don't hate our guts, otherwise they wouldn't be listening. So you could have at least something in common with our personalities yeah. to want to listen to us jabber on for hours on end. So yeah, we're guessing if we put all those people in, in one forum and one group, we might get some pretty cool things out the other side, exactly. some partnerships, some people making new contacts and that would work really well in benefit to people joining as well as in benefit to us being able to help you out because we'd be on the forum and we'd be answering the questions so if the stuff other people couldn't answer we'd always be there to try and answer it for you yeah and we do know that there are a lot of facebook groups out there that sort of offer that sort of stuff but there's like so many jerks in those groups that like someone asks a newbie question and they just get shot down and we don't want anything like that we want it to be completely transparent everyone to be open and just Everybody helping everybody get a leg up so everyone can achieve this travel freedom lifestyle. Yeah. Plus, I see on those Facebook groups, there's also lots of trolls that just leave you stupid comments like, oh, why did you ask that? There's like people who leave you terrible advice. Well, they just post things to sort of promote themselves. And it's like, are you asking a question or are you just like big noting yourself right now? Shut up. I mean, we get a tiny amount of value out of free Facebook groups, but to be honest oh, with you guys... there are some good ones out there, yeah. That there's not a lot. Most of the ones are ones that we've been invited to join, the best ones. They, they and they're are not easy to get invited groups. to. Yeah. Because we've we've worked really hard to make the right contacts to get they're invited the ones to those that sorts of groups. The ones, the oh, yeah, they're groups. the good ones, the private groups. The yeah. ones that are just public forums where you can just join up, you've probably been on a few of them you might have seen. You don't really get good value. You don't necessarily get targeted answers. You don't necessarily get the right information back. So my plan right now, our plan, the travel freedom plan right now is to get some feedback from you guys on this idea. Then we're going to sort of compare that to the mentorship stuff, see if anyone else contacts us about that. We're going to put some emails out. We haven't had time to do that until more recently, but there will be some more information going out to everyone. And then we're going to correlate all those results and see what's going to be the most useful thing to help you guys get real value and start growing your business some more. So what we would love you to do, if you can do this for us, it'll be very quick, is we're putting together a survey. It will be available. Well, it is now available by the time you listen to this, travelfreedompodcast.com slash community. That's making it easy. I've just done a short link for you there. And there'll be a link in the show notes to that. And yeah, go on there, fill out what sort of stuff you're looking for, what would be useful to you if we started a membership group, why, what would be the reason you would join a membership group? Is there a reason? Or go on there and say, there is no freaking reason I would join a membership group, you guys are full of shit. You know, you can say that if you want, I'd rather you didn't. It'd be nice if we knew that we were on the right track and not full of shit. Yeah, so so if some people are like, you're full of shit, and everyone else is like, I'd love to be in a membership group and steal all your information. You're drunk, Megan Tom, go home. Yeah, and we want to find out, do you guys want webinars or do you not give a shit about having webinars and you just want some like pre-recorded videos that explain how to do set tasks and it's like short videos that are 10 minute long? Do you want access to templates and an email series or, you know, it it all comes down to what, you know, you guys out there think would work best for you. Yes. Now, here's the awesome news. Of course, we want to give you an incentive to actually get involved and answer some questions for us. It's gonna be a short survey. It's not gonna take you more than five minutes. And for that, we are gonna be offering you a 50% discount off your first month with this program when it launches. So we haven't got a set price for it, but 50% off is probably gonna be some money, right? Because 50% off some money is some money. It is. It's about half of the money. So you're definitely gonna get something back for this if you fill out the thing and we actually like your answers and then you want to join and we build something that you want to join, you're going to get 50% back. Yeah, because it's our 
little gift to you guys because we don't want to build something that you guys don't want. We want to build well, something that would be that a waste guys, of time. Exactly. We want to build something that you guys are going to think that's kick ass. Yeah. Build a community that's really awesome. We should have named it travelfreedompodcast.com slash kickass community. Oh, well, that's too long. That's yeah, too true. Oh, I could well. just change it to slash, slash kickass. Maybe that will work. If it doesn't work, stick with slash community. We haven't decided on the, <laughs> on the link yet. So but anyway, talking about growing your business, our guest today has generated, oh my God, like massive product. Massive products. Oh well, yeah, massive products. products, massive profits. Profits. That's the most exciting part about this story that's coming up. It really is. Like in the shortest amount of time, they have turned their food travel blog into a food tour business. You guys are going to want to listen to this because it's like the dream does happen. Anyway, we're going to extract all the juiciest details in this interview today. So let's get into it. Okay, so today we are speaking to Amanda from MoroccanMama.com. She grew up in rural Michigan, but is now married to Yosef, a Moroccan man, and they live in Morocco with their two kids, whilst also traveling quite a lot. Yeah, in a very short time, Amanda has turned her blog into the foundation for a high-grossing food tour business based in Marrakesh. So in today's episode, we want to uncover how she did it and how other bloggers can earn money from running their own tours. Yeah. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. Glad to have you here. And you're not in Morocco right now, though, are you? You're visiting the US, is that right? I am. I just arrived yesterday and I'm going to be enjoying several weeks here with my family before heading back to Morocco. So you are actually in Michigan right now? Yes, yes, I am. So tell us, like, how did you end up leaving Michigan and becoming a Moroccan, basically? I mean, I'm guessing you've got, like, citizenship or residency now there as well? I don't quite have citizenship, but I do have residency. I grew up in a really small rural town, like the kind of place where people either never leave or leave and never go back. <laughs> and I was always really, really interested in the rest of the world and history and geography. And I was, you know, a really big nerd and I always had my nose in a book and I was just dying to go other places and see other things. And so I started traveling when I was quite young. And thankfully, my parents really, really embraced this whole notion and never poo-pooed any of it. And so I took my first international trip when I was 16. I went to Greece with a a school trip, actually. And, you know, as soon as I got off the plane in Athens, I was like, well, this is it. Like, uh, I knew, like, I fell in love right away with with traveling and and being other places and and meeting new people and just the whole thing. So fast forward several years and my dad had took my sister and I on a trip and had it was we were both like going to be leaving the house and kind of a last kind of family trip. And he told us, well, you can go wherever, you know, you choose wherever you want to go in the world. I'll pay for it. But you and your sister have to plan it together. Yeah. So at the time I thought, oh, I'll have some great trip. And then now I realize it was just like a ploy to get my sister and I to do something constructive together. Um, but yeah so on this trip I ended up very randomly meeting a guy very much love at first sight kind of story who happens to be my husband now so this is 11 years ago that we met yeah really like really truly love at first sight and a year later a little more than a year later he had to come to the U.S. and we were married and the rest is history as they say wow there you go So, yeah, it happens. You hear these stories. People just go on holiday and they end up getting married eventually. And is it true that your husband didn't speak a lot of English at that time? So you just sort of had to, you had to just do like this whole charades, I know a little bit of French from high school kind of game. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So what happened was this guy started walking next to me and I turned to him. And if you've traveled in, you know, Southern Europe or North Africa, you know, men can be a little aggressive towards women and so this guy started walking next to me and I turned to tell him you know I'm not interested leave me alone and I turned and I looked and I said oh the first thing that came to my head was you're gonna marry this guy and it was it's my husband and (laughs) (laughs) just just verifying that it's the same person and yeah but then I like went to talk to him and he spoke zero like literally zero English besides maybe hello, hello and I love you happened to be the other phrase that he knew. <laughs> That's uh, a good start. Very important. Very important. Yeah. If a guy tells you he loves you, like in the first, you know, 
10 seconds you're in um <laughs> yeah so I did I, I had taken French in school and so he uh, he's you know Moroccan so they speak French but yeah so we really just communicated in this like very basic French that I barely spoke and then he was like I have to learn English so then he started taking English classes and it went from there and now now he speaks with an American accent and the whole, um. the whole yeah that happens but that is the Uh, ultimate traveling love story wow (laughs) yes uh, it really was and I people always say well would you recommend this would you do this I met this guy and like now as like a you know 31 year old mom of two boys I'm like oh my gosh what was I thinking because I was only 19 at the time and I'm like what was I thinking that's so crazy no you shouldn't do that obviously you should never do that but at the same time I'm like you know I wouldn't change it for anything it's the best decision I ever made in my whole life wow yeah it's you should get a movie made about that yeah totally let's let's talk a little bit about your blog and the food tour stuff yeah you love food and maybe you should introduce your blog and uh, tell the audience you know how did this happen why are you blogging and why are you now doing food tours so I started my blog Moroccan Mama which Moroccan is uh, the French version of Morocco so Moroccan Mama I started about seven years ago and I was actually gotten laid off from during the little previously to the recession and I was staying home with my youngest son at the time and I was never a very good stay-at-home mom I always like needed to do something more than caring for my son which is a job but yeah anyway so I had started this blog kind of as a way just to talk about what I was doing with the kids we were living away from our families so what we were doing and then at the time when I was married obviously really young I didn't know how to cook anything and my husband when he came to the U.S. would not eat anything except Moroccan food and I was like dude I cannot even fry an egg I definitely cannot whip you up a tagine (laughs) Or two-hour Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It was not happening. And he was like, frozen pizza? No. (laughs) Uh, So this is a very big curve in our relationship. And so I started learning how to make all these traditional Moroccan food from cookbooks or whatever I could find, phone calls with his family, whatever. we. So it turned into me adapting these traditional Moroccan recipes for an American kitchen. And that's really how I started blogging, was more as a food blogger and a little bit of, you know, like being a mommy blogger too, I guess. But then as my kids got older and I started to like, you know, grow and and I actually needed to earn some money from this because I, we were in a position where like money was necessary, well, more necessary. So I started uh, looking for other ways to like build, to be more serious about blogging, I guess you would say. So, so I did some like ambassadorships and I did, you know, like recipe development for companies and um, things like that, where I really was able to, you know, show this love of food that I had. And that's really where it came from. And so I, I kind of had grown a bit of a name for myself as, you know, a resource on Moroccan food in an American context because I wasn't Moroccan. So, so it appealed to other people in like a similar ship dynamic or just people who love Moroccan food and and international food. Yeah. So that's really, really how it started. And then as we began, as my kids got older and we started traveling a lot more and I saw that that was going to be able to be like a big part of my life, which was always my dream to be able to do that. But it wasn't until my kids were older that it was really feasible. It's now become more of a, like a food and travel website. And so that's really my main focus is food and travel and a bit about you know expat life and um what that means and what that entails and then you've made the decision to turn this into a tour company and from what i learned at your talk at tbex this has gone incredibly well for you guys so maybe you could give our listeners a little bit of inspiration about just how quickly you started to turn a profit once you actually went ahead with this. Yeah, so this is kind of bananas how this all happened. So I I had this website. We moved to Marrakesh. We, when I travel, I because I love food, whenever we go someplace, I'm always like, first thing, what food tour. What can I do? How can I eat? Oh, there's something amazing like this ancient site here. Yeah, that's awesome. But I need to eat the pizza next to it first. You know, like that. that's how I... <laughs> oh, that sounds like, like us. <laughs> yeah. Like everything else is secondary to the food. So when we were sitting one day in a cafe in the the main square in Marrakesh, as we do sometimes, and we like to people watch, and uh, there's lots and lots of tourists in Marrakesh. And the one thing that I always got feedback from people who had come to visit, because now I write a lot about Marrakesh and offer, you know, information for people visiting, was like, oh, we really want to eat really good Moroccan food. But we keep getting disappointed. And the problem is in Morocco, Moroccan people don't go out to eat Moroccan food. You eat it at home. If they go out to eat, they're not going out to eat a meal. They're going to eat a pizza or they're going to eat some type of a snack or sandwich or street food type of thing. They don't go out to eat tagine or couscous or anything like that. So what you find in restaurants is catered towards tourists. And unfortunately, a lot of the feeling is 
they're tourists. They don't know any difference. So it doesn't really matter what kind of quality you give them because they don't know the difference. Yeah, we found that. We were there. We've actually talked we about so this in a previous well, actually, episode. Yeah, but we were also messaging you while we were there going, what's going on? I thought it was meant to be amazing food. And you're like, it is. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. This was the dilemma. Like, I always felt bad because I'm like, I really, really love Moroccan food. And I hate that people leave and they say, oh, I really had that really bad food experience. Because that was me. The first time we went to Morocco when I went with my dad on this trip was like two weeks in Morocco where we ate a freaking chicken and lemon tagine for every single day. <laughs> every <meal>. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. true. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so when I went to actually stay with my husband afterwards, I like everything that they cooked me in the house. I was like, no, pretty sure I don't like any of this. Like Moroccan food? No, no thanks. But then I ate it. Like then I ate the food in the house. And I was like, okay, yeah. so I don't know what you're feeding me, but this is not Moroccan food. And my husband's like, no, this is Moroccan food. What you ate is not Moroccan food. Yeah, exactly. So this is the big dilemma, right? And so as we're sitting in this cafe, I'm thinking, oh, all these watching these people walk into the restaurants along the along the square and thinking, oh, God, like they don't, don't eat there. Like you should not eat that. Like like the whole time it's like it's like a train wreck, right? Like you sit there and you think, oh, you shouldn't cross those tracks. Stop. Don't order that. Turn around. Leave. <laughs> exactly. And so I said to my husband, I said, why? People ask us all the time, like, where to go or what to eat. And, and also the problem in Morocco is I can't tell you, like, go to 327, you know, Big Bird Street or whatever, because nothing has street names. Like, the streets are not... Uh, we don't use addresses and, you know, a lot of the even restaurants don't even have names, right? Like, they yeah. don't have, uh, like, a name that you could go and find. Like, if you ask somebody for a restaurant name, they'd be like, ah, no clue what you're talking about. So, I couldn't even point people to restaurants necessarily or places to go eat because it's just too complicated or confusing to try to give them direction. So, I said to him, I said, what if we started offering people a food tour, like first I said, there's got to be somebody doing a food tour here of all places. And if there's not, why couldn't we do it? Like we love food. We have this amazing dynamic of being like, you're Moroccan, you're born here, you grew up here, you know, these streets, you know, these people, you know, the food and traditions and cultures, and you speak great English. Now, uh, you speak, you know, great English, where you're able to offer people this insight into the culture in really relatable English, because there's so few things in Morocco that are catered to English speaking tourists, and we could show them amazing food at the same time. And he said, it'll never work. Like, this is, you know, Moroccan fatalism, but it'll <laughs> never work. And I said, why couldn't it? Like, I, I think it totally could. Plus, at the time, we had like zero money, right? Like, not kidding. I had like $50 to invest in a business that was like excess budget. And so I said to him, I said, so look, this isn't going to cost us anything but time. We have time. We find the places, we put together a tour that we think is, that is great foods. We offer it on my website to people because they're always asking me anyway. And if we have like one, like a couple of people a week that want to do it, that would be awesome. It would take care of our kids' school fees. It would help us meet new people. It would be something fun and exciting to do and would share like you know what what we love to do and people will walk away and say oh yeah you remember that food tour we did we did eat one good meal in morocco <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was really like the impetus behind it and he still was like it'll never work but being the good husband that he is he indulged me oh good on him yeah, right? I, I, bet he's, said, yeah, I bet he's rather happy that he'd indulged you right now. I know. I Don't worry. I rub it in his face every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like, okay, fine, fine. So we, we, we knew a couple places that we wanted to do for sure. And then we just had to find a couple other ones. And we kind of put it together. So like I said, I had like $50. So I put up a really basic website, which is still our website. It's being remodeled right now, but put up this really basic website in about, it was like April of last year. So a little more than like maybe 15 months ago, I guess that would be put up this really basic website, got all of our pricing together, figured everything out, you know, really, really basic, because I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, and then I wrote a blog post on my site that was about what to eat and what to avoid in Marrakesh. And at the very end of this post, I put a very basic paragraph that just said, Oh, by the way, we're starting to offer food tours. If you're coming to Marrakesh, and you'd like to go on a tour with us, we'd love to have you and then it links to it linked to the new food tour website. Yeah. And that was it. 
so I put it out there, set everything up. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, like maybe if we had a couple reservations before the summer, before Ramadan, that would be great. But we'll see what happens. And, and really the whole time my husband was like, no. No, 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 no. Like, really <laughs> sure this is not going to work. And then uh, we were gone for like a day or something like that. I came back and there were four reservations in 36 hours. Nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And he was like, who did you pay to do this? Like, <laughs> And I said, no, no, these are really real. Like, these are real people that that made these reservations. They really want to do it. And he's like, okay, well, we'll see. So so that's really how it started. And And it took off from there. Like, it really just very naturally and organically grew. And to the point that now we have hired, well, at, when we were in TBEX, we, I had said that we had hired two guides. Now we've hired five guides. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have five guides that are working with us. We offer two tours a day, soon to be five different tours. We're, we have three new tours that will be starting in the fall. And we really have way more demand than ability to actually lead the tours. My husband had led about 200 tours by the time I said, listen, we are hiring people to do this because he was getting so burned out. But yeah, it just really, really took off. Yeah, that's uh, incredibly fast growth for any business, let alone a travel blog business. That's yeah. incre- really impressive. So are you able to share any sort of numbers with us or is that private details? No, 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 no. I, I have no problem doing it. So we are, it's a little hard to estimate because with offering the three new tours, we're not exactly sure like what the response will be to them, though I'm imagining that it probably will be similar because the tour, new tours are based off of the feedback we've gotten on our previous tours. We're projecting to gross a little over $100,000 this year. That's... From $50 going, <laughs> shit, what are we going to do? to $100,000. It's so impressive. Yeah, and I'm guessing the actual costs that you face taking people around Morocco are actually quite low. You've got to pay a guide and you've got to pay for some food and so your your profit margin must be quite good on this tour, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Uh, The downside in Morocco is 20% of your revenue is taxes right off the top. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is a very big downside of it. But yeah, then the rest of the cost is basically food cost and the guide cost now that we're not running, that we're not. We do lead some of them, but we're kind of stepping into more of a management role and having our guides lead just because we simply cannot do everything. No, completely understand. Like five, <laughs> five tours. That's uh, that's a lot of work. For yes, two people. and raising two boys at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do have those those children also that they they're, uh, <laughs> yeah, they they do stuff. They they yeah. take up your time. That happens. Yeah, yeah, and of course you want to travel a bit, so you don't yes. want to be stuck working every single day, three hundred sixty-five days a year or something yeah so, my husband started getting jealous so that's part of it too or i was tra- i was the one traveling he's like damn i'm stuck here and i was like okay well we'll we'll, we'll work on that yeah that's a problem okay well let's try and give people a little bit of help sure. uh, let's give them some practical tips let's talk through maybe some of the steps that you took i know you've already spoken about how you literally just set up a simple website and attached it to one blog post and it started from there And of course, that's probably a good way for anyone to get started just to test the market a little bit and see if they've got any interest. You don't want to invest too much time in something that people might not have any interest in. But once you've got that first post up, I'm guessing you've gone on and done quite a lot more promotion and you've made the website a lot more interesting and detailed and whatever to try and really build that customer base, which has grown so quickly. So yeah, give us some ideas and some tips people can put into action to grow a tour business from their blog. Yeah. So, I mean, I think right off the bat, like the first thing was when we came up with this idea was there was nobody else doing a food tour. Right. So this gave us a a really big advantage where nobody else was doing it. So we really found that this was something that was really missing in the marketplace. So that would be my first advice is if you find something that you're thinking of doing, you need to see what else is out there and what's missing from the marketplace, because that's going to be your sweet spot. Don't go starting a pad thai tour in, you know, Thailand. (laughs) Not going to work. Exactly, exactly. And like super niche, right? So like we have, there's no food tours, right? And and we only offer our tour in English. Like we've had people that have said like, oh, we do it in French and we do it in Portuguese and we do it in Japanese. And like, you know, my husband was like, well, yeah, well, we can get guides to do it in all of them. I said, no, we're only going to do it in English. Like it's going to be an English speaking food tour. Like I was very, very concrete about what the tour would be. And even though there was lots of like, he was thinking like, oh, well, we could be doing so much more. We could have so many more bookings and we could, you know, I think when you start making money, you start thinking, oh, like I can make a ton more money if I did this and this and this and this. And you could do that, but you're going to spread yourself so thin and you're going to 
completely like there's going to be nothing that makes you unique and distinct when the other competition does come because it will come. So that would be like my first tip is like find what's missing in the marketplace, hone what you can offer and then stick to it. Don't try to become, uh, you know, a jack of all trades, if you will. And I guess you in that specific way as well, you might want to consider basing your tour company around stuff that you already talk about, stuff that you're already really specifically interested in that people know you for. If you're a blogger already with a bit of reputation, then yeah, it was a good idea for you guys to go into food. People already knew you liked food. Yeah, exactly. That was going to be my next point was that, you know, if, it, it can't be something that people don't know you for, especially if you're going to use your blog as the platform to, or you're maybe not even necessarily your blog, but your reputation or your social media presence or whatever it is. If that's what you're going to use, then you better make it about something that people know you for and that you're a quote unquote expert about. Otherwise, they're not going to get the connection. You're not going to see the same return, I don't think. So on that, I really struggled with the idea of how if I should build the brand, the company as its own entity, or if I should keep it tied to me as a personality and as my brand that I had already built. And I've kind of done something in between and there's pros and cons to both. So on one hand, going with myself as a personality. Yes, I have this people know me for I'm known for food people that that's what they know us for. So that automatically had the readers and the followership and the reputation behind it. But at the same time, now that we want to step away from the business and the the day to day running of the business, that's a bit difficult because people are expecting me right? Mm. Yeah. So I've had to carefully, you know, introduce our guides and, you know, make sure that we're promoting that it's expanding and, you know, very carefully show that you're still going to get the same expertise and the same level of attention and the same, you know, reputation that I had built as myself with our guides, but you're probably not going to get me. (laughs) And and that's a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a song and dance to carefully do. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hard thing to sort of step away from because it's there was even uh, we went on a tour in Germany with Mike's bike tours, and we had, like Mike actually came to meet the tour at the beginning. He's like, I own this company. I've been running this for thirteen years, and he jumped on the bus and with us for like the first you know 10 15 minutes uh, maybe almost half an hour actually oh half yeah, an he hour did a full-on talk yeah. at the beginning and everything and you know he didn't come and ride bikes with us but no, they let him off the bus and then he goes back to work and it's like does he yeah. do this with every tour like that's gonna be exhausting but that's what he does so yeah. you've got to choose what it is that you know the amount of involvement that you can actually you know give time to yeah yeah but- Obviously, you're setting expectations, so people are going to understand that you're not always going to be there. Exactly. So this is, this is a bit difficult, and and then on the same token, like I realized, like I'm not going to start, I'm not going to rebuild all the social media for this business. I'm not going to re do all of the work that I've already done for my brand. I just need to find a way to express that these two things are interconnected, right? So instead of creating a separate Instagram account, for example, I just created a hashtag for the business and I still share posts from the tours and not right. I mean, like maybe once every week or something like that, I will share a picture from a tour and use our hashtag or encourage people that are coming on our tours. Oh, if you share it on Instagram, this is the hashtag that we use. Or if you share it on Twitter, this is our hashtag for our business. Um, and now what is your hashtag so people can go check it out? It's hashtag Marrakesh Food Tours. Oh, there you go. Easy. Very tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, everyone, tricky. go follow on. Is that Marrakesh with a C or with an S? It's Marrakesh with a C-H. Okay. There we go. New people yeah. now. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, we're also going through a bit of a brand expansion at the moment. So we're trying to figure out some unique and clever ways to get around our personal brand and be more than just a personal brand. So we know exactly what you're going through totally. in that stage. Let's talk about some of the other ways that you get traffic to to this site do you actually use any advertising or have you reached this point where people just know who you are already i have not paid one dollar for advertising um no none none at all i would say in the beginning one of the biggest things that i've done and people may argue this is i've never said no to a blogger that has come and asked for a tour with us i am very 
generous when it comes to that regard. Uh, sometimes I do have to ask, you know, sometimes it's a discount. Sometimes I'm able to offer complimentary tours just depending on, you know, what the season is and what, what our availability is and, and that type of a thing. So that in the beginning, that was great. And I was able as a fellow bloggers, you know, we have a fairly tight knit community. You have, you know, many friends who blog, many people who come to visit. And so I've always like, I reached out to them and said, look, we're doing this. I offered guest posts on people's websites about food and anything about Morocco, really. Like, I'm like, if you want a blog post about Morocco, I would be happy to write it for you. You tell me what you want. All I'm asking is that if you could please in my biography, you know, add something about, you know, that I own this tour, this food tour business. And so that wasn't a financial advertising investment but i think it was a, a good trade right like people got great content and i got to put out you know more about our business and and show who we were and what we were doing yeah so i think that worked out really really well i used social media a lot instagram i get a, probably 20 percent of our bookings come through people who follow me on instagram mm, food yeah sales. food pictures definitely a winner for instagram yeah, which has been really great. And that's grown. And now I've gotten even more people who are asking me to like do custom tours for them and, you know, a whole bunch of other ideas and opportunities that have spun off of that. And Pinterest. Pinterest yeah. has been another big one. That's um, great for food photos as well. Yeah. We love exactly. It. Food photos, that original post that I wrote about what to eat and what to avoid in Marrakesh, I think is at like, I don't know, five or 8,000 repins, something yeah, like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, I did notice I get, that, your, that your blog was very... Uh, Pinterest appropriate like it everything was just like it, it didn't openly say pin this but it was obviously there just going here pin go for it go <laughs> yeah. guys pin this on your board it's definitely very optimized for Pinterest yeah I mean that's a huge it's like 90% of my social traffic yeah it's actually our biggest social traffic as well it's great yeah yeah, it is. And, and that's what we found. So a lot of people who, you know, I try to provide obviously like the food tours, but at the same time, like I'm providing good information just about visiting Morocco in general. And so lots of people who maybe weren't interested in a food tour have come to the site and then they see, oh, you know, I have a little, I'm sure you saw on the sidebar that says, oh, our food tours. <laughs> so I try to like discreetly talk about them. I don't try to like, you know, I don't know, maybe you have those friends who are like your Facebook friends and who sell like shakes or some other marketing type you know mlm type uh, <laughs> products yeah. and who are like constantly like buy my new stick on fingernails and buy my eyelash you know like that type of stuff. i don't like to do that i don't want to spam people i don't want them you know i don't i try to make it really as discreet and helpful as i can which i think for anybody who wants to do this is like be helpful like when you're building this especially if you don't have money for advertising or things like that think about what you can do and what you can offer to other people whether that's readers or other bloggers or other people and in, in the target markets that you want to reach what can you offer them that is helpful and that they come back to you time and time again because they know you're helpful and when it comes time because as you know travel is not something people do on a whim it's something they think about for a long time before they make a travel purchase they think oh yeah i remember reading all of this great information about Morocco on this site and then they come back to you and say oh yeah didn't they have a food tour too yeah I want to do that because their information was really great yeah yeah that definitely works I mean I was going to talk to you a little bit about funnels but it sounds like you have a, whether you purposefully did it or it's just happened organically you have your own funnel that just seems to work people read the first part of the post they get the information then they see that there's a tour and they go straight to that website and they see that they can book it and it's really easy yeah it just works yeah yeah you bring yeah. those people in you you shrink it down to the core people who actually want to buy something from you and Mm -hmm. they go, yeah, this is what, it's here, this is what I want, I can buy it. Yes, a bit by design, a bit by accident. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of people coming and buying your tours, do they pay online? Do they pay when they arrive? What's your system for actually getting paid? Yeah, so we only do advanced reservations online ahead of time for two reasons. One is I know people flake quite often. Yeah. <laughs> and if I have to pay for a guide and I have to let places know that we're coming and order food and, and whatnot, I need to be guaranteed that they're going to show up. And whether they show up or they don't, I still need to make sure that I have the funds to cover that and I'm not eating those costs. Do you use a particular program that keeps track of all of that? So do you have something that's managing the logistics or is that separate from the payments or do you have a spreadsheet? Uh, what's the system you're using? Yeah, so, well, when we started, it was like, because I had $50. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it was like, uh, I, I think I did find a plugin that was like 20 bucks maybe, or maybe they had like, they had a free version, I think. And then once you got to a certain point, like you upgraded from one and I think it's called like appointment booking calendar is the name of the plugin. And so I used that and it is like a bit cumbersome. And so now actually right now, and cause we don't have tours in the summer. So I'm having our booking system upgraded and we're using Bookio you heard of that mm-hmm. yeah and that integrates with paypal and i use paypal for a couple reasons one the negative side is they they do take keep a percentage of your revenue uh, mm-hmm. as their fee which is the downside but for morocco at least where we're based i try to keep as much of our currency in dollars as possible because the dollar is much more stable than the dirham yeah. and if whatever whatever money you hold in a Moroccan bank account like so say we decide next year we're going to come back to the US we're only allowed to take a certain amount of money out of Morocco without paying taxes and it's really expensive to convert back to dollars or euros because you can't use um, Moroccan like bank cards out of the country (laughs) yeah that's a good idea Yeah. So if you're working in another country, I guess, if you're thinking of starting a tour, especially if you're in another country, these are like small little detail things that you don't necessarily think a lot about um, when you start a business, but they're really important. Like what is the tax rate? What, how does the banking system really work, especially when you're a business and you're essentially, if you're, especially if you're not maybe planning on living there long-term, you know, like how do you get your money out and how much money of your money can you get out and how does that all work together? Yeah. You'd be pretty pissed off if you'd earned like a hundred thousand dollars and went, cool, I'm going home. Oh, I can only no. take $10,000 back with me. Yeah. And, and then, oh, by the way, we're going to keep like 35% of it too. Yeah. Wow. That would be awful. Yeah. Good tip. Give people yeah. a Yeah. Know in advance what you're in for. Exactly. Yes. Well, speaking important. of stuff like that, where you, you could have made a massive mistake, uh, what things have you sort of come up with? What sort of barriers have you faced setting this business up that have actually caused a real struggle for you? Yeah. I mean, the biggest barrier was really the issue of guides, right? So Morocco has a pretty fairly, reg- has a very regulated tourism industry. It's it's the bread and butter of the country. So yeah, it makes sense that it would be very regulated, but uh, it's also very haphazardly created, if you will. So if you are doing, if you want to do a city tour, for example, if you want me to show you around Marrakesh, I can't do that. I can't go and show you historical sites and I can't talk to you about those things because I'm not a licensed city guide. Oh, we did come across that actually. Yeah, we had some yeah. people go, oh, if you have a couple of questions, I can sort of answer here and there, but I don't have a permit. So yeah. like, I yeah, can't give you any detail. about people getting arrested. Questions as well yep. yeah. because they thought they were being a guide when really they were just wandering around I'm with their friends, their friends around, yeah. they're just showing their friends around and they're like you're being a guide like exactly. we're going to arrest you <laughs> what yeah. we're just we're all on a trip we're, I'm not Moroccan I don't even live here just yeah it's crazy they're very very it strict is. It's very crazy. And it's, it's a big problem because there's a problem within the guide industry, but that's a whole other conversation. So, so yeah, so this is the issue, right? So then you have this, like, so say you take a cooking class and you go to on a market tour, right? And they show you, oh yeah, this is how we buy this. And this is how we buy this and da, 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 da. So this is like not a city tour, right? But there was this big argument about, well, like, no, you need to hire a guide. You need to have a licensed guide because you're with tourists and you're going outside, right? And mm-hmm. so a bunch of Riyadh like actually took them to court took the guide the guide and just guide uh, like the authority or authority that's the word sorry oh my gosh yeah. like I'm really struggling with English today because <laughs> I'm the first day where I'm like using it all the time yeah so the guide authority they took them to court and they won the Riyadh's won so they didn't need to have these the guides and that, so we're in this like gray space right we're not doing a city tour we're not just going to a marketplace we're taking people to restaurants we have a you know legal we, we have our legal paperwork in place because we've we have formed a legal business and so for a while we're like okay well so we'll just carry our passports our american passports and our business paperwork and if we get stopped by the police this is you know because we're in this gray area right and nobody could give us a straight answer about what we needed to do and if we really were clear or not so we kind of just like crossed our fingers and then as we grew and we were doing tours really really regularly my husband and i sat down and said you know i think that we should just let's just move to this model where we just have a guide with us. And then Mm -hmm. that way, 
it's everything's everything's completely like no questions asked we won't have any problems and so that's what we've done so this is the biggest hurdle and this probably will be the biggest hurdle for anybody who's considering doing this in a, in a foreign country we've heard a lot of countries have this licensed guide thing and you're gonna have to find someone local i think when we're in austria i'm pretty sure it's austria it's not just that you're a licensed guide you have to have pretty much done a degree in like the oh, history in architecture, in history. architecture and stuff and yeah. all of all of the information so if you're doing a guided tour around vienna you mm -hmm. really have to have studied for a few years before you're actually allowed to do that job um, yeah it's uh, it's really tough that part of it but i guess if you can make the prices for the tour work so they're still affordable and customers will still pay it but you can afford to pay the guide then that's your yeah. financial balance you've got to figure out yeah yeah but it's definitely the biggest biggest headache i think anybody would have that wants mm. to do this do you think this would be something you could have actually set up without your husband being part of the group or it would have been really hard for you as an American coming there without a husband who is local? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the things about starting a business in Morocco depends on the category of business, but for like this category of business is that you have to have uh, one, like the director, like one position within the business has to be a Moroccan citizen. So I could have done it, obviously, if I found some uh, Moroccan citizen that I was willing to put into this position. But all of that being said, like, honestly, like, I don't know if I would have been able to do, like personally I don't know if I would have been able to do it like maybe if I would have spoken French or if I had much better language skills or had some friend or, or somebody that I knew that could have helped me like navigate how this all works in Morocco I could have done it and, and like really like a lots of determination and probably like a lot of extra money laying around like for bride, for bride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when we were there we spoke to a few people who had and, and women as well who had started their own businesses there and they had said it was not an easy thing to sort of set up initially because they do have very strict laws about foreigners coming in and taking away jobs that mm -hmm. locals could potentially be doing. They definitely do. And I mean, I think now, like, obviously, we've, we've added jobs to the economy. So, so yeah, so they're happy with you. We're good. So happy with us right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we pay our taxes and we pay our taxes. Oh, good. <laughs> I did hear some rumors that maybe not everyone in Morocco likes to pay their taxes so much. So... Maybe that's uh, yeah. why they're happy with you. Yeah, I think that. A lot of people, it's sort of a cash culture, so they don't really have to report how much they owe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is very true. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting towards the end of the interview, but I think we want to do a, a couple more, a couple more questions if we can fit them in. Do you recommend this line of business to other bloggers? I know you said there's been so many challenges, but also obviously you're doing very well at this now. I mean, obviously it's been worth it in the fact that you're doing very well, but for someone starting out who doesn't necessarily know if they're going to be successful at it, is it something most people should try in or does it take a real certain type of person to do it? I mean, I think you definitely have to have an interest. And, and I would say like for us, it was a good fit because yes we travel but we're not nomadic we have a home we travel a lot but we are based somewhere we have a family so I think for somebody in a similar situation to us where you know they like to travel or they, they blog but they also spend time in, in one place for an extended period of time I think it's a really great idea to start it doesn't necessarily have to be a food tour I mean there's a million other kinds of tours that you could offer or that you could you know devise but at the same time I do think it takes a certain personality right like you have to really enjoy people <laughs> and <laughs> this is important and you have to be you know flexible and you have to be willing to kind of go with the flow and you know there's a lot of times where I've had to say you know like say I got invited on a on a great press trip and I would or on a great trip to wherever and I really wanted to go but I knew like oh well we have you know 12 tours booked this week and you know whatever else coming up like okay the business kind of always comes first right now because this is how we earn our income so just know that it's going to be a shift from maybe you know the traditional ways of how you know lots of bloggers make money online where you can't just you can't really live just anywhere and do it you you have to kind of be location set in a location at least for yeah location <laughs> dependent come on i don't want to say it um, <laughs> At least for a period of time, right? So, like, right now, it's fine. Like, I'm here. I'm in, in Michigan. I'm here for two months. Escaping the hate. Yeah, exactly. So, our business is at a point now where I have an assistant who handles our bookings and our reservations, and we have guides that we set up, and we have systems put into place where now we can travel and we can do things, and we don't have to be there all the time. But you're going to need to at least be able to commit to a solid chunk of time to get everything into place. So we were actually wondering with like running the tours in the summertime, does 
uh, because you are based in a, a Muslim country, do you still continue to run tours during Ramadan? We don't. We opted not to this year. Last year we did some, but this year we decided not to because... My husband wanted a break. First, he wanted not to work during Ramadan. We wanted to give our guides a break. And I mean, maybe they would choose to do something else, but we, we wanted to give that to them. And lastly, like things aren't reliable. Like we are really focused on taking people to eat in authentic places where Moroccans would eat. And if it was during Ramadan, no people eating. would yeah, they would be eating at like one in the morning and I'm not going to run a food tour at one at midnight. <laughs> Uh, you'll be home at four. People would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. We've got to finish up, but we have the final most important, well, maybe most important question. It's the question we ask everybody on our show. So uh, if you could go back in time before you started running your food tour, what is one thing that you would do differently? Oh, good question. One thing I would do differently, I would have gotten more help in the beginning and I probably wouldn't have said yes to everything. <laughs> yeah, I would have learned to say no faster because it, it really like it took off so fast and there was so much going on and I wanted to say yes to everything that it did, it did play a little bit of a toll on our relationship. That should have always been the number one priority, especially when you're working with your spouse. Working too hard. Yeah, yes. Stressful. Yeah. Stressful for everyone involved. Yeah. Okay. Great good. Tip. Good tip. So please let everybody know where they can come and find you on the internet and find your tours. Yes, you can find me at Marokmama, M-A-R-O-C-M-A-M-A dot com and on all social media at Marokmama. And you can find our food tours at Marrakesh Food Tours, M-A-R-R-A-K-E-C-H food tours dot com and hashtag Marrakesh Food Tours. Easy. And that's great being the first one because it means you've got a good URL and a good name for a company. Absolutely. Like, exactly. your, your name for your company is already SEO'd before you even started. That's great. Yeah. Don't you think know. I didn't know that, Tom. Don't think I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I realized you knew that. But I, she was all over that. But that's awesome, yeah, to have something like that. It's great. Yeah. So there is a space for people who want to do French tours for food tours, but no more space for people who want to do English tours. No, English is covered. It's all covered. That's it. Okay, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Come visit Marrakesh again so I can take you on a food tour. We might oh. wait till after the summer. Yeah, but it's a bit cooler. <laughs> okay, yeah. No. Come in December. See you then. Okay, it's almost the end of the show. Travel homework. It's travel homework. Travel homework time. Travel homework time. Jingle. Jingle. Jingles. So, what's the travel homework this week? Okay. Could running tours off the back of your blog be a good revenue stream for you? Yeah. Where would you want to start a tour? You know, what would you want to focus on? What is your blog about at the moment? What direction would you want to go in to make it work? What are you known for? Food, nature, history, culture, just, you know, generally traveling. I don't know. You got to think about it for I yourself. It. That's why it's homework. Yeah. So get the ideas, get the juices flowing. What could be a fascinating tour that you could guide? Mm-hmm. Also, we need you to head over to travelfreedompodcast.com slash community to fill out our short survey. It'll take you about two minutes, probably less than that. And you're just going to let us know some information about what you would like in a travel freedom community. What useful resources would make it great value for you joining up? And we're going to give you at least a 50% discount off your first month when we do eventually get around to launching that product. The link again, travelfreedompodcast.com slash community. Do jump on there and help us out and we'll create the best possible location independence resource that we can for you guys. to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.